0: Welcome back to another episode of the Shula Bowl podcast brought to you by five reason sports. As always, you can find the podcast on Twitter at Shula Bowl pod.podbean.com. The five reason sports network Twitter account handle is at the number five Reasons sports. And you can find us on Twitter at Shula Bowl pod. It is September 2nd. And guess what folks, it looks like we're going to get football after spending the entire off season, kind of wondering whether we would, whether we won't, I know Shane and I were both talking off air about both of us kind of feeling not ill-prepared, but the season kind of snuck up on us by surprise, the fact that we actually are here. But Florida Atlantic will be beginning their season in, I've got it here, in 17 days against Georgia Southern. That will be a very interesting matchup. So it is season preview time for the Owls. I'm Eric Henry, FIU beat writer for SB Nation, Underdog Dynasty. And on the line, we've got Shane Marinelli, who is FAU recruiting insider. All things FAU for the FAU Owls Nest. Shane, what's going on, my man? Good. Yeah, like you said, it's like football's here. There's some. There's like
1: games this weekend, which, you know, um, <laughs> I, I never expected what would happen. Who, who knows what happens in the coming weeks, but... Yeah, it's there's just kind of this eerily like it, you know where not ill prepared like you said, but just you know wasn't expecting to be do, doing a season preview. So it's it's kind of a nice surprise.
0: Absolutely no doubt about it. Just for you all fans really quickly, there's a ton of CUSA football around the horn. You've got Marshall in Eastern Kentucky, you've got Middle Tennessee Army, North Texas, Houston Baptist. UTEP and Stephen F. Austin, and UAB, Central Arkansas, Southern Miss, South Alabama. So if you want to go ahead and take a look at the Conference USA opponents, uh, feel free. All those games will be on ESPN, uh, ESPN Networks, or CBS Sports Network. But let's dive into the uh, FAU season preview. Um, Shane, I, I know, you know, like you said, that this one, it didn't sneak up on us, but it just kind of took us by surprise the fact that we actually are going to get football as you know, the Owls are coming off an 11-3 and season in which they won Conference USA for the second time in three years, bringing in the Willie Taggart administration. Uh, Shane, we actually got a lot of Twitter questions, so we're going to go ahead and focus on those. But first things first, I just kind of want to give you carte blanche. And for those of you who who may have not have caught previous episodes, I uh, want to thank Jake Ullman, really quick for his contributions to the podcast. He's chosen to step away from the podcast in five recent sports, so... Uh, Shane will be our lone FAU voice for the time being. We'll see if we bring someone on to assist system, but Shane is pretty much a savant of all things, Florida Atlantic football and all things FAU sport, uh, FAU in general. Um, so Shane, uh, just how do you feel broad thoughts uh, about the owls coming into 2020? You know, some of the losses have been much ballyhooed. we talked about Chris Robinson, uh, Achilles Leroy is not on the rosters. I anticipated to be with the team this year. Uh, we've talked about the transfers, Miko Dotson, things of that nature. So just, Broad outline, how do you feel about the Owls heading into 2020 and how should FAU fans feel? Uncertain would be, a comp, would be the most confident I would be.
1: Um, I, I'm being a little pessimistic going into the season. And it, it seems like, okay, as the offseason went, you know, there was a loss here, there was a loss there, and one individually didn't really, I don't think, made or break outs. Uh, Miko Dawson transferring fine. Okay. We, you know, there's a bunch of young corners, um, you know, uh, John Rain was gone, but Hey, they re, you know, they brought in a lot of power five talent at the skill positions and Mike Lerner and junior and um, you know, a couple of power five receivers. Okay. Chris Robinson. All right. We've been down this road before, you know, uh, Nick Trani a guy that could, you know, definitely be a upper echelon starter um in conference USA. And but now as the season's gotten close and you kinda look at it and then you factor at that with the obvious of you know COVID nineteen and you don't want to be the team that either A is switching quarterbacks or B has a new head coach. FAU is both. Um you know, I tweeted out a couple weeks I took just a few days ago that FAU and I talked about this on the Alt podcast that I guess just came out this morning FAU is losing 13 of their top 15 snap takers on defense. The only returners um, are the McCarthy and Zion Gilbert. And Zion Gilbert changing positions, you know, going from you know he played a little corner last year, but um, he's going from safety to corner. So I mean, it, it's you know you see some of the FAU fans in the Twitter sphere wondering why Southern Methodist and some of these other teams are ranked ahead of us after we blew them out, that's because the team FAU fans last saw is, like, almost all gone. There's just remnants of that team. they there, not even close to being the same team. It, it is almost a complete wash of what we'll see walk out of Georgia Southern.
0: Shane, really quick before we get to the Twitter questions, I want to ask you something because you and I have a lot of discussions off air. And a lot of them center around talent, right? In terms of P5 versus G5 talent, recruiting, things of that nature, that really is your forte. You made a point there and really kind of, you know, perked my ears up. And I would assume it would for any of our listeners. You said that the team that won CUSA last year, it's not going to be the team that you see in 2020. And I mean, of course, you get turnover every year, but this is a lot. I think anyone who's an objective viewer of college football would admit that this is a lot of turnover. From a it's sheer talent. For, Go ahead, just, for, sorry to
1: interrupt you for the thing. Yeah. Bill Connolly tweeted out the third worst returning production in the entire conference. I don't even know if that factors in Keith Leroy yet because I don't know if
0: it's really out there.
1: Third, or, not in the conference, I mean the country returning production.
0: Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And listen, you can always cut me off to interject a Bill Seapoint, huge fan of his work <laughs> over there with the <laughs> FBN, So we're all good there. This was the question I had for you, Shane. In terms of talent, how would you assess the, just the sheer talent level of what you see on the roster? Not returning production, because, you know, as you know, you and I, we've had that debate plenty of times. I lean heavily more towards returning, excuse me, returning production. You like to take into account and probably rightfully so. I'll admit my own shortcoming that, you know, you can't necessarily judge returning production in relation to the talent level of, a, of an athlete. From a talent perspective, what do you see on this team?
1: I think the talent level is still high. There's holes and depth issues just because um, I think, you know, without a spring, usually you use spring and that early part of the fall to develop depth. Uh, but the talent level is still high. The problem is, is it's okay to be young and talented at a position on defense where kind of the vet can maybe bail them out and guide the talent. Um, they don't have that this year. I I can't, you know, Zion Gilbert's probably your leader, and Lane McCarthy are probably your two leaders on defense. Um, But, you know, there's guys like uh, Marnie Eli Adams in the secondary, who we know is, we've seen ball out before. Jalen Joyner, he was really weak, um, or depth-wise, in the middle of the defense. A guy like Jalen Joyner is young and talented, but he missed the final eight games last year. Didn't have a spring. So we know his talent, but you know, let's see, he was a rotational freshman. Um, so he's a guy that's played in, what, 10 college football games, and he might be your day one starter. Uh, thats It's a lot to ask um, for them to just lean so heavily on talent everywhere without just kind of having the veteran presence. And, I, and an example I make to FAU fans all the time, I say, okay, well, let's look at a player like Chris Cooley. Chris Cooley wasn't the biggest guy um, you know, undersized corner, feisty, you know, had some pass interference issues, but you could, man, you can depend on um, He's a guy who played as a freshman, started 38, at, mid 30 games, 36, 38 games. And, you know, he's not with an NFL team right now. It wasn't as talented as James Pierre, but you knew you could put him out there and he's not going to blow a coverage and give up a big game. Um, where does that be? You kind of have that right now. Um, you know, well, we'll get a little bit more into the secondary, but It's just I don't know if there's you can just there's too many too much inexperience to lean on talent this year.
0: A couple more for me really quick before we dive into the Twitter questions. Very broad question here. Shane, how good can Malcolm Davidson be just for for a little bit of background here? I mean, everyone knows that Davidson, you know, had he gotten the lion's share of carries, he probably would have led the league in in rushing. Uh, If my memory serves me correct, he led the league in yards per carry. Um, a lot of that came at the hands of FIU that in no way is a slight on Davidson as much as it is FIU's run defense, but he performed well in general against the, the, uh, opposing defenses that he faced. Shane, how good can Malcolm Davidson be in relation to some of the, the good, um, conference USA running backs we've seen over the past few years, Benny LeMay and guys like those.
1: Well, I mean, he averaged over seven yards a carry last year, um, you know, that's that's that type of talent. I mean, he's explosive. He's big. He can be the best back in Conference USA. Um, the voters won't, you know, understand or give it to him or give him that because, you know, FAU, we know that the one position on the team we can truly depend on is running back. Even though, You know, BJ Emmons has obviously um, had a lot of talk, especially, you know, with some of the senior role predictions. James Charles is a dependable guy. Uh, Larry McCammon's a guy who, you know, played well as a freshman for FAU. Um, and Kelvin Dean's another young running back FAU. So he's not going to be able to put up the numbers of someone who just, you know, kind of uh, stat accumulates, you know, gets 30 carries a game and is perceived a little better, you know, like someone like Greg Knox. Um, but, you know, overall talent, he's probably 1A, 1B with BJ Emmons and most talented backs in
0: Conference USA. Last one from me here. for I turn over to our Twitter questions, and I'm sorry for not having prepped you uh, on this one ahead of time, Shane, can you give me two or three names that FAU fans, maybe just Conference USA fans in general, may not know on this roster immediately that they will know by the end of the year, provided we make it through an entire football season?
1: Um, one name I mentioned, just um, I think Jalen Joyner on the defensive line is a guy who he kind of has to, but I think he's talented. Rotated as a freshman, played the first four games last year, got hurt. Um, he's under the toolage of Kevin Patrick, who right now we'll talk a little bit more at the previews. I think FAU's defensive coaching staff is um, the one thing that really hopefully gives me hope for this season. I think, you know, obviously also D tackles, D lines, sometimes don't get all the pub, but I think he is one. I also think um, in the secondary, I think Roman Mungin is a guy who towards the end of the year, we'll talk a little bit is a guy who's going to probably find himself playing a lot at one of the corners um, on the offensive side of the ball. You know that skipping over some of the grad transfers and stuff that are kind of the sure. obvious names or, you know, where comfort USA fans, um, you know, don't know. Ooh, let's see. Offensive. I, I ooh. Kind of stick with let's. I don't think Harvard um, 8 fans know how good James Charles is. I'm just going to give him some pub just because you know this is a guy who almost had 100 yards in the bowl game when FIU was missing Malcolm Davidson and you know BJ Ammons is only coming back a little bit and he's a guy that always kind of consistently shows up in that rotation and is a dependable senior back. You know he doesn't get the highlights some of the other backs do, but you know he's certainly a guy after you can you know definitely depend on.
0: All right, let's go ahead and jump into our Twitter questions here. We want to start off with a and, – and how we're going to kind of take this is we're going to leave our bigger picture questions towards the end. I'm going to kind of start with some of the more minute questions or some of the specific – I shouldn't say minute, some of the specific questions early on. First one we're going to go with right here is going to be from our guy Night Owl on Twitter, at Scatty Pippen. Do you think the first two games – excuse me, do you think missing the first two games will have an impact on the opener versus Georgia Southern? Absolutely. It's, I,
1: there's a little extra practice time built in, but man, you need those games. I, I think, you know, it's especially when we talk about the inner inexperience is you've kind of seen FAU and this is a fun stat. This is their fifth defensive coordinator in five years, right?
0: Wow.
1: Yeah. One of the things we've seen, especially at the beginning of the year, and yes, I understand the competition is a little different, you know, what have we consistently seen, even going back to Lane's first year? The defense struggles a little bit at the end of the year, beginning of the year. Um, guys running wide open down the field. Yes, I know when they opened up against Navy, that's not, you know, a typical opponent. But still, they gave up 42 points. And that defense by the end of the year is the best in conference USA. Um, next year, Oklahoma. Not even just Oklahoma being more talented. We're talking, you know, two DBs looking at each other, going – Oh, I thought you had that guy happened in the away game at UCF happened at home versus UCF last year. We kind of had these miscommunication things and those things tend to get worked out in full speed in games. And they don't really have that opportunity. Now, the kicker is Georgia Southern runs a version of the triple option, um, which even throws another monkey wrench into this. You basically have a young defense you didn't have spring with, and you've had... X amount of weeks of practice with them, probably just trying to teach your base defense. Now they got to stop probably 10, seven days beforehand and be like, all right, we kind of need you to throw all that out. Um, and this is our defense for the triple option. It's, it's a little bit and you know, I don't, we haven't been out there. We haven't asked really asked the coaches about it, but man, there's a little bit of an element of drinking through a fire hose. Again, I pointed out, several times. How many starts FAU just lost on the D-line? Guys like Will Davis, Kevin McCurry, Ray Ellis, guys who've just been there and, you know, they, they understand the bases and stuff. So if you need to switch up and beat Air Force in a week, um, Rashad Smith, those type of guys, they, they can switch. So now FAU has to basically change his defense to for a triple option um, when they're probably – it's hard enough just teaching them the base right now. So it's losing those two games is critical. I mean, you never want to start the season. Um, I, I guess, you know, maybe starting the season with the triple option is best or having a bye week. Gives you, you can prepare a little bit more time, but, you know, I, I just think them getting game reps is what's
0: needed and they don't have that this year. Absolutely, and we'll get into Georgia Southern football later on in the offseason, uh, the, off the lead-up to the game. They're led by their quarterback, Shy Wertz, who's a heck of a, a quarterback, someone who really runs that offense to perfection. The next question we have here is from Chad Capraro. Uh, Chad, sorry if I put your name there, at Chad underscore Capraro on Twitter. What is the Owls' biggest concern going into the season, in your opinion? A depth on defense. Without Just a question. Quick, or, or go ahead, Shane, I mean, do you want to add to that? I'm sorry.
1: Yeah, it's just, I mean, we've talked about it. It's just there's a lack of experience at the top of the defense. A lot of young, I mean, there's, there's a lot of talent, but it's just they're not experienced. And if you go a step behind them, um, you know, and it, it just takes looking at basic snap numbers from last year and, you know, it's there's going to be enough trouble trying to work these guys in as a unit as all starters. So, you know, knock on wood, I'm knocking on my head right now. If there's a couple injuries, it's, it's going to be, it's going to be really tough. Um, you know, it's it, like the biggest hope is, is like I said, you know, Jim Levitt's a seasoned defensive coordinator and has had success everywhere he's been. Uh, but, you know, if it takes FAU four or five games to maybe, For the defense to settle in, well, four or five games in this season, you're over the halfway mark. And it could be kind of too late at that point. So, you know, um, how fast that defense gets going is really, I think, the key to the season.
0: Yeah, no, all I was going to add on to that was just your Jim Levitt point is that at least, you know, one of the things that FAU has done. Over the past two years that they've had veteran defensive coordinators, you know, talking about Glenn Spencer, someone who's seasoned, Jim Levitt, someone who's very seasoned. So you know that if if one thing, you're not talking about maybe an inexperienced coordinator who um, you know, doesn't necessarily have the the pedigree of getting guys accustomed to a system and and he'll know, you know, Jim Levitt will know what to do with those guys and put them in positions to succeed as far as that's concerned. Next one is from uh, our guy on Twitter, my man himself, one of my favorite Twitter uh, followers, not from my Twitter, but uh, from the Shula will pot Twitter, Willie Taggart's burner at FIU underscore is underscore trash. Who are the projected starters for cornerback? Um,
1: so I think cornerback one and granted, we've not been able, none of the media has been able to get out there during practice or the sure. scrimmage and see how it's rotating. So I am so speculating right now i came up with a mock defensive backfield in my head a couple days ago and we'll see i'll find out with you guys when um georgia southern's on their first drive but i think your main corner is going to be zion gilbert and your second corner could be a few guys coral smith um coral smith is a vet, he opened up starting last year against Ohio State. Had a little bit of struggles, but he's the guy who's been around and then spent the rest of last season, kind of banged up, came back for a little bit, got hurt again, um, was in a walking boot last year. So it was kind of he missed a year to kind of really develop um, into another. I, I also, like I said, I think the other one, um, he was one of the guys who played a lot times late in last year, games, blowouts. Little smaller guy, guy they got from Plant High School, was an athlete. Um, if he was two inches taller, he'd be a power five guy, and that's um, Roman Smoke Mungin. Um, he's a guy I think can kind of develop, who you, you might see there. You might even also, there's possibility, maybe you see him in the slot. i um, really kind of curious. He plays that slot corner as well. Um, but he's a great athlete and played a lot on special teams last year. So, um, you know, we can see him kind of that role. I Some people have asked me about Ladarius Henry, a guy from flipped from West Virginia to FAU at the last minute, um, the 2019 class. He was hurt his whole senior year of high school um, and then redshirted last year. So I think it's a lot to ask of a guy, you know, and he didn't have a spring who really hasn't played football uh, in a competitive game in two years. So maybe he's someone you'll start to see kind of emerge at the end of the season. But... Um. Yeah. Beyond that, it's it's tough. Maybe you know Tasia Young is a guy who's a safety, but maybe you could start to see him in some of that slot role. Maybe they move him around. I, I think it's the secondary is going to be kind of trial by error until they kind of figure out a group they like.
0: Quick follow up on that. Maybe, well, I'll say this. I'll yeah. say go this on, go ahead. The only
1: short spot is you're probably going to see Amon Ross in the strong safety. Um. I don't know if Jim Levitt's defense. It's mo. Mul- it's a multiple. Three, four. Everyone's kind of three, three, five, three, four. This right. year, that quote-unquote star position, strong. Maybe even Amon Ross is someone you see help out playing linebacker. He's talented, so <laughs> he's the one guy I can tell you will hundred percent be out there playing somewhere. And Jordan Helm, another reliable safety. FAU has.
0: My quick follow-up chain was going to be I, of this FAU defense. I'm really high. Not saying they're going to be, you know, role beaters, but I just think in terms of what you're bringing back, I'm high on the secondary, uh, specifically Ross and Gilbert. So do you think that that'll kind of be the strength of the defense, at least in the early going?
1: Yeah. Um. Ooh. Ooh. um that's tough. Uh, <laughs> I'll say this, even though with the losses of Rashad Smith and Akias Leroy, I like a little bit the depth a little bit more at linebacker. Mostly less linebackers have to play. And I think Khalid Price, um, and Eddie Williams are good um, that they're very good young talented guys they lost your top three linebackers in last year Rashad Smith, Jose Barnwell and obviously Keith Leroy will probably be back with team next year Um, but I think those are two young talented guys also another name Chase uh, Laster who's a th- high level three star recruit um, hasn't been able to stay healthy missed all the last season with kind of a back injury but he's been back this um is a guy you can kind of see in that rotation too. So I think the linebackers might carry us for a little bit.
0: Next one we're going to transition to is TJ Wilson on Twitter. He is at T underscore tweets. I'm going to talk about the quarterback for a second. Obviously, you know, we've kind of been leaving <laughs> you guys waiting in suspense, but we did touch on Chris Robinson. We know the story with him, uh, the guys who are back. So let's talk about it. Does Posey have a shot to take the starting quarterback role? Will they work him into some packages? I
1: don't. I don't know. They're obviously going to hide that. Does he have a chance to take the starting quarterback role? Absolutely, one hundred and ten percent. Yes. I'm a posy stan. I guess you could say. I think the kid is a, a great talent. Um, and I said this on the Nest podcast. But the only concerning thing is you've seen some positives, and I, maybe I'm just reading into it. Mind, mind you, we're reading tea leaves from what FAU sports releases from a practice and what we see in the press conferences, you know, Nick Tronzi played quarterback for a couple years and one kind of expected him to run away with this position. And on the very outside surface from the 2% we see, it doesn't appear like he is. Now let's remember JVM Posey Posey um, played receiver for most of last year. Um, actually caught the final play of, the FAU's offensive season last year was a re- touchdown reception from him, from Trotty at the end of the SMU game. So yeah, they moved the receiver so he didn't catch one pass last year. Um, so that's just what type of athlete he is. So he kind of maybe missed a year of development at quarterback. Uh, Clint had said on the press conference about a week ago that it was always the plan to move him back, but it's just, again, he's another guy you wonder, well, what if he played quarter was taking scout team reps all last year, had a full spring, and then had a full fall, you know, it just, I, I don't know where he is on his development just as a young quarterback. Let's remember guys, Chris Robinson struggled as a redshirt freshman. Okay. In the 2018 season, that's what Devin motor singles, Harry, uh, the same coach, Kareth white um, experience on the O line coming back. They went five and seven. So I, I think it's a lot to ask of these guys. Um, but I do think there'll be packages. For him, he he is a few strength coach, kind of posted a lot of stuff. And man, you could see every day he's one of the top performers in that weight room. He's probably one of the
0: best athletes on the team. So I I would expect him to be used. And I want to emphasize something that Shane touched on right there. You know, given the uh, you can say it's the coronavirus concerns or whatever you want to term it. A lot of us aren't out there at practice just because they're not open to us. So, you know, there's only so much a lot of this is kind of, you know, playing darts you know trying to kind of pinpoint what might happen and, and what you know nothing's really precise here so i'll give shane that out want to ask you one shane one really quick follow up on Posey before we get to uh, our final twitter question how would you assess him coming out of high school as an athlete i'm just looking at his 247 ranking right here coming out of greenville alabama two-star recruit it was a 247 composite had him at a point seven eight three, which you know, you're more, much more nuanced in this than I am. Uh, it's on the kind of like the, I think that'd be the upper end of a two-star prospect. I saw he got some offers from Appalachian state, um, army looks like he's got a UCF offer or maybe a Eastern Kentucky here Chattanooga as well. So how would you rate him as an athlete? And is he kind of one of those guys who maybe will kind of grow into his better football years? Yes. Um, I thought he was
1: a little underrated coming out basically that some of the former FAU staff told me they thought he was maybe a little bit of size away from being a power five quarterback. Um, I mean, of course he's listed as six, one, we all know how, you know, <laughs> any athletic listing is, whether you're measuring someone in the NBA or, or, <laughs> or on two, four, seven, how some of those measurements can go sometimes, but you know, um, one of FBS former offense coaches, um, they they loved him. I know they really loved him. He, was, he signed in December. Um, didn't even really announce until early to the later signing period. That, like again, they thought he was a couple inches away from being a power five quarterback. And this is a guy who took a team to the Alabama 6A semifinals, um, and you know he, he started to impress me last year with some of the open scrimmages, and we were just seeing some of the balls he threw. Granted, it was against. He was on the third team, kind of running that mishmash third team. Um, But, I mean, he he made some really nice passes. And I, you know, kind of said, whoa, okay, there's there's definitely something here. So I know the staff liked him. Maybe he was a little underrated because of his height. But, you know, um, he's obviously doing something right now. He pressed in the scrimmage, put some drives together. So, I mean, if he has the capability to put that together with playing receiver last year, It'd be really easy to expect him to struggle, but it, on the surface, it doesn't appear that he is.
0: Our final Twitter question here, and I think it's kind of just the the overall question that a lot of people would have from my guy Jensen Jennings, who's doing a great job over there at FAU. Um, you know, he's the sports editor from U Press Online. Had to kind of remember the publication. They're doing a great job. Obviously, I'm sympathetic to a fellow journalist. His question is: What would you consider a successful season for FAU? And this is a loaded question. I think FAU at the point where people kind of expect
1: success, especially the last couple of years. And despite all the re- – on the surface, it, it, this is really a rebuilding year for FAU. But I don't think – there's part of me that thinks the fringe fan doesn't want to hear that. Uh, I would say well, – where they have nine games. I'd say six and three is successful. If you got out of here just with everything that's gone on, if they got out of there with six and three, I'm not going to assume what, a, what might happen with bowl games. Who knows um, would be successful. Let's also remember um, that FAU is traveling to two places where they historically, no matter how good the team is, never play well. Um, they're going to MTSU, which has just been a house of like FAU propping on itself for years. Um, they traveled to Marshall, a place they have never won. So you know you kind of factor those place, those two things. They're wet. Um, they match up with Southern Miss on the West, who brings back a quarterback, brings back a coach. They've had lots of guys on defense opt out, but still they kind of have that element of coach quarterback. Um, and then again, opening with Georgia Southern is a lot to ask. I, it, it's so tr- it's so tough opening with the triple option when you have a young D. So
0: I think six and three would be would be great. Really quick, as you mentioned, and I want to kind of run down FAU's schedule here, they open with Georgia Southern, then, F-A- then FAU, let's try this again, <laughs> they, they open at Georgia Southern, then welcome USF to FAU, uh, followed by that with Charlotte, Southern Miss, Marshall, UTSA, Western Kentucky, and the Shula Bowl, and then ending on eleven twenty eight with Middle Tennessee. I, You know what, Shane, I, I'm looking at this schedule here and, you know, we can save maybe our overall predictions for another time or something like that, you know, because between one of the biggest things, Shane, and I know you saw this, the central Arkansas Austin P game. You, uh, you saw that game, right? Yes. Yeah, yes. Here's one of the big things that we're going to have to account for during the year. And this is just my overall perspective. You have the, uh, I believe Austin P is in the Ohio Valley Conference, um, or are they in the Southland? They're in one, con- one of those FCS conferences. The, the point of this is that their conference player of the year on offense, who's going to be their number one target, you find out three hours before the game, he doesn't make the trip. In addition to that, you find out that all three of their long snappers don't make the trip. It was not confirmed whether or not it's coronavirus related. However, that's something you find out hours before the game. How does that manifest itself in an issue? Austin P can't snap the football for anything special teams related to the point where they have to turn to quick kicks. When uh, my overall point is when trying to project this year in terms of wins and losses, man, you just can't, it's almost worthless to even try because you're doing this based on the assumption that each team is going to be fully healthy going into the year or going into a game. And you just don't know when 24 hours or 12 hours or five hours before the game, things could change. And conference USA has committed to testing three times a week. God forbid there's a situation where FAU, you know, the conference title or whatever it may be is on the line and they don't have a long snapper and they can't snap the ball, you know. So, that, I just want to get your quick thought on that really quickly. Yeah. I mean, it's just my biggest thing is the coaching
1: staffs that are most prepared with those type of situations. I mean, what if your quarterback room gets it? I mean, are, like, just be like, okay, we're running wildcat today and we weren't expecting this, but let's just do it. I, I think there's got to be, and I think the teams that kind of maybe look at this season say there's an asterisk, not so much there's an asterisk, but let's just have fun and almost have a backyard element to football this season, right? It's not traditional. It's a little quirky. It's a little crazy and they kind of relax and just go with the flow of things. And it just, you know, I, I, those are the teams that are probably going to be successful, right? Um, you know the the simplicity of the game is what's you know helpful um, so the teams that you know kind of prepare for those type of things you know I, there's probably every college coach in the country watch that the p game going all right um who else long snapped in high school? We just need to know right now you yeah. know what I mean in case there's a situation so, um, yeah, I bet you every meeting room the next day or when that game was going on, coaches were texting each other going. All right, well, here's our two long snappers. Uh, we need to find three other guys who are just average at best at it at practice tomorrow.
0: We've got a couple minutes left on the clock here for we wind this one down. I want to finish with one final question, piggybacking off of that, Shane. Willie Taggart's tenure at Florida State, much ballyhooed, you know, came from Oregon. That was talked about a ton. Shane, I'm just asking you not necessarily to get into the, uh, the heads of FAU administration, but the FAU fan per se coming off of the success of two out of the last three years, if there were to be somewhat of a drop-off, right, due to a myriad of reasons, whether that's losing Robinson, losing Kiki, Corona, whatever it may be, what do you think would be the overall tenor of FAU fans and and their thoughts of Willie Taggart, given the success of the previous administration and maybe some of the obstacles they may be dealing with this year? I think that, Anyone
1: who's has even a reasonable knowledge of football needs to just again understand this year. There's a little bit of a. It, you guys wrote in your SV Nation preview that really no coach should be on the hot seat, and this is just kind of a let's just get through this year, and we're not really going to judge anybody type thing. Now, granted, there's going to be obviously fans and. People yell it out there, going, Oh, this is what happened, you know, at Florida State, and without even bothering to look at the situation or the team or what they lost or, you know, those types of things. So I I, I think he's in a good place. Let's also remember um, where FAU's recruiting has been at, under, <laughs> right? What they have committed now, what they brought in last year. I don't know how many FIU fans, FIU fans I know watch your door. Um, you know, uh, it, I, I was basically, you know, there's kind of a feeling if teams don't get FAU this year, good luck. Because 2021, 2022, it's it's going to be back to everything clicking again. So, you know, teams out there, you better get FAU this year.
0: I think that's a great answer. And we did touch on that on our SB Nation underdog dynasty preview that it's really hard to assess a coach, even someone like Dana Dimmel at UTEP, who has a two and 21 or 22 record, something like that on top of my head. I'd even give him a mulligan for this year because things are just so out of whack. But with that being said, this has been our de facto FAU season preview. We're going to try to do some things throughout the year. Um, for example, you know, we'll may, might not be for every game, but for some of the bigger games, season openers, things of that nature, we'll bring on the opposing team's beat writers. We can get a kind of a, a little bit of a dive into the opposition, what you can expect. We'll do that with Georgia Southern. Probably get my guy McLean Baxley on the line here. Shane can chop it up with him. Um, and yes, as always, thank you for listening. The only way we can grow this pod ba- this <laughs> the only way we can grow this podcast is through feedback. So please. Hit us up. Let us know on at Shula Bowl pod on Twitter at the number five reason sports on Twitter. You can find me on Twitter at Eric C. Henry underscore. You can find Shane on Twitter at Marinelli Shane. All feedback, positive, negative or otherwise is welcome. Thank you for listening. And next time you hear from us, you'll probably be getting a preview of Georgia Southern and football. Thank you for listening. Stay safe, everyone.